0: The uh, testimony to the godless of Klayasur, all the people are interested in getting Hadrocha at uh, quarter to eleven at night. So, um, the, uh, yeah. Are you tall? move it up. This you This hooked to the video also? It's on the Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not my equipment, but um, we'll get it there. You're
1: right, good? So okay. Let me just walk out. Testing.
0: You're good? Yeah. yeah, you're okay? Okay. What I'd like to do, and I invite uh, people a little embarrassed to send in questions ahead of time, I might recognize the handwriting. So... Um, the topics we're going to discuss, I'm going to take a spattering of common shailas that I get in a few of these areas of relationships, spousal, parents, children, the like. And we'll briefly touch upon each subtopic. Each one of these is a three or four hour topic. Uh, on my website, i some cards, because I can't carry the CDs anymore. they are too many, Baruch Hashem. There's a separate series of spousal responsibilities, one, two, and three. There's one on Keep It Over Aim. Uh, these issues are expanded on all these uh, shear arms. You can help yourself to a card after the shear. And uh, we're going to start. I hope some of these will not be no gate to anybody sitting here. If you do raise your hand again, you could say you have a friend who is curious about the following uh, questions, so it doesn't have to incriminate anybody. And I'm going to start with some of these spousal issues and then move to uh, keep it of aim in both directions. I had about three, four months ago a young lady who called me this is, this is all very sensitive so whatever you hear, keep it in the room and on Taranyi time and on the other websites uh, you might not believe this but once in a while in a marriage there are disputes about money you look shocked, all of you. <laughs> um, and there's a very important. It's not a hashkof, it's really halacha. The beauty of Torah is that there's, out nothing, that you can't find in shocherar, if not explicitly in shocherar. But if a rob is in the shailus, you'll be able to figure it out from shocherar. We have a whole mishpatik subis, which deals with these questions of who's in charge, of the finances, who's in charge of the house, and. Most of the Shalomayah problems that I deal with, that any Rav will deal with, is because unfortunately, the participants often don't know that there's an actual din, there's an actual halacha, the Shulchan has something to say about almost everything they're fighting about. And they think it's just a question of Midas, and who's going to back down, who's going to give in, who's going to make up Shara. And all these Shailahs come up in Shulchan Archa. Now, when you have Shulchan Archa and you want to be nice and go to the extra mile and make up Shara afterwards, that's wonderful. But first you got know what the din is. The question from a few months ago, just temper it so nobody thinks I'm taking the side of the husband or the wife. Um, a fellow um, called me and said that his wife is going to call me soon She so just wants to give me a heads up. She's complaining about something he was getting involved in and she, he wants to make sure I'm going to set the record straight. I love those calls. He's not going to get involved, he just wants me, he doesn't want to sway the soccer or anything. It turns out, and it sounds ridiculous, it turns out that she wanted a certain decor in a room they were doing over, and he kept giving opinions. Nothing wrong, you can give an opinion once, twice. And she called and she said, Rav, I just want to know, perhaps is there a halacha? Of course there's a halacha, there's a halacha about everything. Any halacha on who decides what color the paint is? So uh, I said, yes. He said, who is it? I said, it's you. So he said, I thought so. And I called back the husband and I said, I'm not exactly sure what Jehovah Mina was. Why do you even have time for this? This is her nachas. She's at home most of the time. You're supposed to be in the best medjush. And then I was talking to him. I realized I had not seen him in sheer for three nights and he got it over the head. And I said, this is why these things happen because you're putting your nose in where it shouldn't belong. It's clear that her shibut, if you call it, to run the house and to... Have the meals and have the take care of the cuisine. It's under her jurisdiction that she has to do it, but it's also under her jurisdiction that there's a certain amount of uh, latitude that she gets in deciding what's going on. Uh, that's not as clear cut but very obvious as the next halacha. This time, uh, wife called me, and I, I get this from time to time in various madrigas of severity, uh, and that is who's in charge of the money. Now. I would like to report, which I can't, that you would think the good news is that if there's plenty of money, there wouldn't be any machlegas. I have found that to be almost an inverse, very, I don't know, very surprised, inverse relationship of you would think like, ah, there's so much sitting in the bank, and so much in, in stocks and buy, why would you want to argue about something like this? But that's not the case, to the extent that uh, it doesn't even follow a pattern, it's probably 50-50. You would think, it's obviously, if there's less money, they're going to argue about who's spending it, but uh, that's not the case. It's very clear that the Gemara says in the baseline, that the man is in charge of uh, making the money and in charge of the finances. If uh, she agreed and she wanted to marry a cattle young man and she agreed to work for X amount of years and she agreed to that, that doesn't necessarily mean that she's in charge of the money. She agreed to take that love for the schutz of the Yisrael if you'll call it, but if he's working, and um, the money is being made, and it either is covering or barely covering the bills, <laughs> and the din is that he has a long list of things he has to buy for her, including yontav gifts, sholosh golem. And he has to take care of her, and uh, he has to spend all that money. After that is taken care of, of course, the is usually is, how much is he supposed to be spending on her? But at the end of the day, it's his decision. That's not very popular in certain circles. Uh, I don't think here at the Good Convention we're going to have too much of an issue with it, I hope. Um, What I did have on a few occasions, this came up recently, where a lady asked me, she said, uh, I work. And uh, she told me what she's making. She has a very high-profile job as an executive in a firm. And uh, she makes as much money as he does. I think she makes more, but that's irrelevant. And um, she wanted to know, she said, they have a lot of arguments about money. And here's a situation. They're both making a lot of money. We're talking combined income of over $600,000 a year, which even in today's day and age should be enough to pay the bills without lachlekes, but it's not working out that way. And um, she said that she had a friend who told her that she can ask for a, uh, a break, a division in the finances, and she just doesn't like arguing all the time. She'll just spend her money. He'll spend his money. Uh, not a very good sign in a marriage. Not a very good idea. I've had a Hosna Kala tell me Should we have separate accounts today. If you didn't hear me screaming then, you were in a different country, not a different state. It's a horrible way to start a marriage. not Ulster, by the way do that, but uh, it's just not, uh, not a very healthy uh, thing to do. But they're married already 15, 20 years, and they want to know, um, she wants to know, can she um, exercise this right? Which she's talking about in the moral language, if you're familiar with Kisuvist, so, the man, the EF, she, the is that he's going to feed her, and she's going to do her job in the house, you feed her, but she's working and she wants to exercise her right. Can she do so? She asked me, I first thought of giving muster, it's not a good idea, they I mean, work it out, it's not a way to have a marriage, it's not a good chinuch. And she said, uh, Yeah, yeah, she hears all that. What's the din? So, this is just an interesting. Uh, I told her that you have the right to do it, but I just want to put one warning in place, and this is from the Shochan from experience. I said, I had a lady call me with the Shaila years ago. I told her the same thing. And uh, it didn't work out very well. And that is that once you opt out, you can't opt in. What happens if there's a downturn in the economy and you lose your job? This happens to be a very interesting sugya. Is it an ongoing tukana every single day? Or is it once you're, once you're out, you're out? But there's enough that he could say, Kim Lee in a Dinter, once you're out, you're out. I said, um, why would you want to take that risk? he has have a good thing going. He's obligated to support you for the rest of your life. And right now, things are going well. And she said, I have a very good job. And um, this is not going anywhere. And I want it. And I told her. That's what the other lady said. Told she would let go from the law firm. So it's a risky proposition. And I encourage, I hope not to get anybody in this room, but you have heard this type of conversation before. Spouses, and there's something going around. I asked her, Would you hear this? And she said, This friends, I have, would your friends here they don't learn soup. This is like a big Slovenian soup. soup. Like, she, do? they don't learn. she said, All the friends know it, that we just discuss among ourselves should we exercise it now, or later. I said, uh, I didn't know this lady by the way, she doesn't die by me, but that, I don't ask any cashes. I don't ask for names. They just call me. And I said, I don't think it's healthy, and I don't think it's a good idea for you. You're going to be very unprotected a few years down the line. After that, if she insists on it, I can't hold her back. The din is a din. But that's not what Akash Baruch had in mind. That's not what Chazal had in mind. Yes? Are
1: questions
0: allowed? Uh, yes, but I, I reserve the right not to answer them because okay. these topics are very fiery. <laughs> this
1: is yeah. Apply in my Baruch Hashem. Okay. It's
0: only a friend of yours. Yeah. <laughs> <But now> yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: It's, uh, whatever. The. Um, if it goes by the traditional Torah thing is that he supports her and her earnings are his, yes. does she have the right to, before it gets to him, to direct a certain amount to her 401k?
0: <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> That's a good question.
1: Um, if,
0: um, the answer is no, but if she asks her husband and the company is matching funds, so often they are, it would be silly not to, I would counsel the husband to let her do it. But the answer to your question is the husband has a right to, uh, to, to nix it. If she's getting health insurance, she's getting for the whole family, the husband's not going to want to nix it. If she wants her fancy plan, she doesn't want to be with the rest of them, and the husband's against it, but she has a reason why this doctor's on this plan and she's having the babies, not him, and she wants it, uh, then he's high of t- in refuel of his wife, and if she feels it's better care, that would be more of an uphill battle. But the 401k that Shiloh never got. You see, every there's always one Shiloh. That that was that's interesting. Okay, so uh, so the answer is yes, the 401k he can nix, but the, the health plan he probably can't. Okay, I figured I'd start off with that, because I hope it's not nagaret to anybody you know, but. Sometimes you realize we're living in America too long and the outside influence just seep in and like, people just need a reality check of what hashkafagli is right and then uh, get everybody on the same page that there's a din in sholchanah for everything. All the kids' issues we're going to discuss and the parent, parental issues and the sandwich generation and the spousal issues, everything is in sholchanah. You just got to figure out which sif and which sif applies. A similar, also very sensitive topic which comes up uh, quite often in various uh, forms a uh, couple get married, and he learned in good yeshivas. He's now uh, working. So let's make it uh, simple for this particular shayla. He goes to work. Uh, anybody here in the room who went to work after Pes Medjush or after Kail knows that there's, a, there's an amount of time, some say last 40 years, that you're just in total shock at the environment and what's going on, and, and it's a difficult adjustment. But fine, everybody has to make the adjustment. Wherever you're coming from, you're coming out of college is the same thing. And unfortunately what happens is, which is why Rabbanim uh, exists, I hope, I, I tell people the shul that we happen to the daven here. The main purpose of the shul is for your learning and, your ruchnius, and you should have a Rebbe who's looking over you. If you happen to daven here, it should be a nice place to daven also, which is an important focus on what a kihila is supposed to be. And often I find a situation where he's a very fine bed, tari, and he learned well in the yeshiva, like for a few years he just lost because of the... Shock of, of getting used to it, which is part of life, and then you got to sort of like schlep them out, because you got to remind them you have a family, you got to learn with your kids, you got to learn yourself, and you got to dive in. And that's very difficult as you're getting into a company and trying to work your way up the corporate ladder. And part of um, if you have children, and you know, certainly if you have boys who are going through this, they they have to be in touch with the Rosh Hashiva, the Rebbe, or the rav after the sita Uh The sita kedushin anybody could do, and. It's crucial because they get to situations where they're in this much rage when they get married, and then sometimes, unfortunately, there's a dip, sometimes a very large dip. And the good news is, I have find, I've, I'm sure we we'll say we have ranging between 25 and 55, and many ages in between. Good news is, if you, um, if you get to them deep down, they're a terror and they're not learner already, you just got to turn it back on. And um, you got to on. you got to make sure they're there. And um, then the madriga starts going up, and often Baruch Hashem surpasses what it was in third year, or fourth year, best madriga, a second year, curdle. and the madriga, when you're 30, 40, 50, or 60, is not supposed to be the same. It's supposed to be growing. most common problem in a marriage is when a madriga is growing both for him and her, but they're growing at two different rates, two different areas, and it creates a new shalom bias issue where, wait a second, you're not the guy I married, and you not know, the girl I married, and uh, that wasn't part of the program. Uh, this comes up in many different shapes and forms. There's a very fascinating tshuva, um, the Sefer. The men, if you want to see this inside uh, when you get home, it's a Tess in Yeridea. This is a uh, very sadistic tshuva. What the original tshuva is about is not important for uh, a public show like this, but the aside he mentions, I'll quote you one line, Stam benai Yisrael, your average from girl, lady. Their deep desire is that their husbands should grow in learning and be to And if they were when they got married, to grow to be bigger Tamil middle No matter what they're doing when they're working, learning, it doesn't make a difference. They're working between. But their deepest desire, whether they married somebody in Kedil or not, it's irrelevant. If they had a good education. Nochsam Sefer is saying this in Pressburg, I believe, uh, way before Beis movement, where where they taught that in school. This is before that; they was taught that at home. And he says this in the context. I'll uh, change it a drop, but you'll you'll get the get the idea. Uh, the Shailahs I'm asked is often by the women, and I understand they're asking good. They're asking that it's a real shadow. So, you know, we got married. We used to go out to eat more often and we used to go here and more vacations, this and that. And now every time I bring up something about going out to eat, he mentions something about night seder, and the rob's going to kill him if he doesn't show up this year. Or something like that. I don't know any rob. Bottom like that. Or violent, but, uh, well, here's one. Uh, he's, uh, he's in my share. He got, he got it over the head one day. Uh, but he's there most of the time. So, uh, so... She said, like, uh, it wasn't kind of mekratos, she doesn't want you know, divorce, but she said, like, you know, where's the justice? And the Chosam addressing this. And he said, within reason, it uh, doesn't mean you can just drastically change things, and you've got to work with the people you're working with, like your wife or your husband, and you've got to work it out, and there's got to be some shara. But the mere fact, and I hear this often, and I'm not, I'm not picking on the women, by the way, I have this just as much, if not more, in the other direction. I've had Many husbands say, I don't know what happened. My wife started going to some shir, and there's some lady there telling her about that Lush and her is really usher, you know, and, and that, uh, that, you know, all sorts of, like, wild things. And, um, and uh, like, he, he tells me I'm going crazy. I was like, she wasn't that from. So I reminded, the most recent case I had with this, I happened to have known the family, and the girl, when she was in seminary in Etz Yisrael. And I said, I've news for you, she was former in seminary. Then she came back, and there was that same slight dip. And now she's just back to where she was going right there, which is Gavaldig. And he doesn't want to hear that. And he wants to go here, there, and everywhere. And I'm not talking about going out to eat in the Purple Pear or wherever you're going in Muncie or wherever you happen to live. I'm talking about going places where they shouldn't have been going in the first place. They were going for many years. And all of a sudden, somebody realized, you know, this is not a very great place for a Jewish husband to be. And those places are easy because I can point out to her that you shouldn't want him to be here either. Sometimes they don't get that um, due to their tireless hamachshav of Baruch Hashem. I explain to them, and once I explain that, then they don't go anymore, Baruch Hashem. And sometimes I have to explain the other direction that you know um, your husband wanted to go because he wasn't really into his learning. And now he doesn't want to miss and He doesn't want to miss his chavusa. So that doesn't mean you go cold turkey. But the Psalm Sefer says, yes, sir, that since the assumption of the marriage, he's talking about uh, business, uh, so it's a business understanding. Now, gay, here to a marriage, or some businesses, the assumption is that even if they got married this Madrega, she wants him to go up in Madrega, and he should want the same for her. And therefore, you can't have tainas if they're moving in the right direction. And this plays itself out many places. And everybody's human, and no one's at fault over here. Because like, they're wondering, like, hey, he took a right turn somewhere, and I'm sitting over here. And I didn't move. So if I hear, like, what? And then he says the same thing about her. The answer is, yeah, Baruch Hashem, you should be pulling each other up at different stages in life and in different areas. And if you're not doing that, then you're not really a partnership, and the marriage is not really going anywhere. Allah they do have the right to raise the bar within something that's feasible. And with some area of pshara that if they were going out a lot more and a lot, many more vacations, they're still chiv to spend time with each other. It has to be tempered with the fact that I am now doing tshuva and I don't want to discuss the same things we discuss. I have um, my spouse responsibility part one, which was given in Flappish already like 15 years ago. I had to go back to this in four or five subsequent shiurim because people kept asking over and over and over again. And the chidosh nifla was that when you come home from work, him or her. You can't sit every night at dinner and talk Lashon Har about all the people in the office. And this, to many people, is like the greatest chiddush they ever heard, the greatest chumah they ever heard, is that if I can't talk Lashon Har to my spouse, who can I talk with? Like, what's going to be? So there's a footnote in the Barman Chaim, where he says that there are occasions, this shouldn't be coming up every night, where if you can't get out of your system, you're going to fall apart, and you're going to get to a well, not an ulcer, and it's going to be, and there's no other way, there's nobody to talk to, and there's a trailes, and they could help you, and therefore, it makes sense, most sense, that it should be a spouse who you're sharing your life with, then on occasion, there's a heter. There's no blanket heter, it's my husband, so I've had men coming up to me, he says, it can't be, the Gemara says, interesting uh, it's like you're talking to yourself in the mirror is that what you're trying to tiny they said yeah yeah that's basically the, not true uh, the heter might exist in certain situations but you, it's few and far between so all of a sudden he or she goes to a class and they come home and they say uh, I can't discuss this anymore unless you prove to me this at They said, well, what happened we, we, we've been schmoozing about this stuff for 15 years at dinner so, well we're going to talk about the weather from now on so, again, there's a, when, you, when you raise the madrigue on somebody, you've got to go slowly, and you've got to figure out how to do it, but that doesn't mean you have no right to do it. That's Sam Safer's point, and it's a, it's a very important point, which, again, I'll take your questions. Uh, you can raise your hand as we're going along, but there, there are a million examples of this. Yes? I want to
1: step back for a minute. If a wife says to a husband, let's say they have five dollars, <laughs> and the husband's making $50,000, cannot pay for the tuition, mm-hmm. he demands his wife to go to work. She says
0: to pay full tuition? To Just a bit. Okay. And
1: she says to him, I'm sorry, the Suba says, you gotta support me. Right. Doesn't say I gotta work. Right. To Right. Staying home and watching television all day or doing whatever
0: Well, I'm if she's saying that, she should go to work. <laughs> <Whatever> she <laughs> <does>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's watching on good or sheer videos from conventions. So yeah.
1: She doesn't want to go to work.
0: Anymore. Yeah. Does
1: she have the right to do that?
0: So the answer is if she's doing something that makes sense at home. Uh, again, that's a very important. I'm glad you asked if this, this was my next topic anyway. And if she's doing something constructive at home, not that... Uh, no, all the
1: kids are in yeshiva. All the kids are
0: in yeshiva, and she has nothing to do, and there are only five videos in the good Convention to watch, and she told them already.
1: And she kind of, she's busy at home, cooking, cleaning, yichveh, what
0: If it's true, if she's dealing with reality, or she wants to relax a little bit, carpools. then the... Yeah, carpool, okay. Yeah, carpool's in Baltimore, taka, or, yeah, it's an all-day job. Okay, uh, okay. so... <laughs> so, so, yeah, okay. So, the answer is she does not have to go to work. Not. Does not because now I know the Yeshiva tuition committee is not going to like this answer. But if he can't pay full, then going to give him a break. Here's a guy who deserves a break. Then give him a break. He doesn't have to take on a third job, and the Yeshiva tuition committee doesn't expect him to. They like him to, but they don't, they don't realistically expect it. And he doesn't have to force her to go to work. Mind you, there are two issues. If she's claiming she's busy at home, it's probably true. And you're going to create a lot of tension if you send her out to work for six, seven hours, eight hours a day, and then things are really going to be flying. So you're not to do. That. You're not to bring more attention if you basically have what to eat and the clothing and the yeshiva taking the story and giving you a scholarship. So you're not mechuf just for that reason. I would add, which is what I wanted to mention, uh, a non-insignificant portion of the shaylas I'm getting in the last uh, five ten years, as more women go to the workplace. I'm not talking about kudel here. Talking about where the husbands are working and they want to work because they want to work, which is the whole different schmooze. Maybe next year at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, but they want to work. I'm not tiny, they very human. They want to, they feel like they not everybody's to be satisfied in the house, and there's, it's a very individual thing. And, but what's complicating the fact is that, as you know, corporate America is not the cleanest environment. It never was. It's getting worse because now the whole culture around the team, and you got to be with the team, you've got to have the projects. It's creating huge issues. Huge issues. And the husband shouldn't want to send his wife to work for these reasons, depending on where she's working, obviously. But there are, there are so many issues that he's creating and he doesn't realize it at the time that if it's not necessary, I wouldn't do it. And if the tuition committee is satisfied with what the deal you're brokering, then, then you shouldn't be pushing the issue. But for, for the husband, I'm, I'm saying, and, and if she is not looking to go, and she's clearly not looking to go, uh, there's the answer question is no here whatsoever, and I don't even think it's a good idea. Uh, can there be situations where a young lady or middle aged lady will be very successful in the workplace without any sneeze issues? Yeah, but I, you know, I, I always like to tell people when we're about to speak about these things, you think they're exaggerating. We're under-reporting the problem. And this is with an Eulam that's very from and a lot of Yerusha Can you imagine how atrocious it could be in an Eulam that doesn't even care about these Shailas? So if it could be avoided, I would Tell the husband and the wife not to go to work. But that's not very practical until Bia's Gold. Tzedek. Good news is the the end of malachim says that uh, of Lavo, the Madonna can make a to offer. And the guy is going to be sending probably just America one foreign aid bill that's gonna cover every yeshiva and khalinate 75 times up. They can do that now, by the way. Uh, they are doing some of it now. Um, the fact is, is that there's plenty of money in the world. And the Ramam says, part of the loss of love is we're going to have the time and the luxury to sit and learn without any shibat and without any up. Oh, we're not there yet. So that's not happening. Yes?
1: Um, again, theoretical, my 401k is probably mild compared to this one. <laughs> but in the one that the RAF started with, that they both work and they bring in plenty of money. Technically, uh, am I correct? Well, let's say they don't bring that much, so he can't pay t- t- full tuition. Technically I would say the tuition committee can't go after her because this is is for the children, but I guess practically they probably have
0: something to it, It's the same thing. That I don't have to go after her. It's his money. Go no, to the same pot. The case where she case says the F she, but the council Khamim and she's on her own? Yes. That's a very good question. Uh, I haven't had that case yet, Baruch Hashem. <laughs> it's an interesting one. I hope not to have it. Um the, the, the tuition committee says him. He says he's not making enough. And they say, "What does your wife do?" And he says, "Don't ask. We have a deal. but You don't want to hear about it." <laughs> and then they investigate privately, and they hear about it. Uh, if I won the tuition committee, you're right. The chiyav tamatera is on the father, not the mother. If I won the tuition committee, I'd go after her because it's not fair to the yeshiva. Uh, I mean, anybody here in the tuition committee? He's making hundred thousand dollars. And, and she's making $300,000, and they have eight kids, and so he can't pay this $100,000, and then they're just gonna give him a 70% scholarship because uh, I, it doesn't, doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Okay, anyway, this psalm saver is an important psalm I'm saver, but the, the, the beauty of his lotion is, is important. It means you can't tie it, you're not the guy I married, and therefore you can tie it with a reason, but if there's growth, there's supposed to be growth, and He's stiking, he's stiking, she's stiking, it's not always at the same rate. And that's what creates problems, but there's Allah about everything, and it should be discussed uh, with the Rav. Okay, I'm going to come back. We have time at the end to some of the more spousal uh, problems, but let me go on to the uh, kids and the parents because there's plenty here. Um, I had a sikhsukh with a bunch of children recently. The parents need money. The Gemara is the parents' pay, not the, uh, not the children, if they can afford it. If they can't afford it, then uh, charity begins at home. The question is should they be using stucco money? So the Machaber says, If they have the parents' pay, you service them. You take them shopping and, and help them. But uh, when it comes to pulling out the credit card, you ask them for theirs. And you force the child to pay. The Ramah adds, If the son can afford it, You should not use your maizamari. You'll stalk for your parents. Technically, it's mutter. The Ramah has very uncomplimentary things to say about somebody who uses money. If there's not enough money and he has to use his money, okay. But if he can well afford it, and the problem I had recently, I'm not sure exactly what the wealthy brother was thinking, but there were a few brothers. One was very wealthy, the other ones barely made ends meet. And the wealthy brother came with a tiny to me that he was supporting the parents, the other ones weren't chipping in. I looked at him like he had three heads. I got understand so without a shokana, just use your use your common sense. He said, Yeah, but it's not fair, because then they take advantage, they can afford something, let them chip in something. So I said, you know, for people like you, we have Rama. There are many children. We do a tax according to what they can afford. Leave the aniyam alone. Again, aniyas and ashiyas is relative, especially in America. But it's the responsibility of those that can afford it. And um, I told him he should not uh, go back to them to chip in their 3%. It doesn't pay for sholom bias. And um, it's more me this thing. Like he doesn't doesn't make a difference to him. The guy's a phenomenal stock broker. The guy's talking to me, gives hundreds of thousands of dollars in stock. I said, what's your problem? It's co- that they're not chipping in two thousand dollars. He says it's not the money, it's the principal. Did <laughs> you ever hear that before? Uh, it's so amazing that. Uh... So the Ramah says, my money shouldn't be used, and if you can afford it, grab the schuss and leave the siblings who can't afford it alone. And you know what? If the other siblings who can afford it. And they're not paying because they don't have their Ashkafah straight. Um, you know, there's a discussion in the, in the place game whether you're allowed to even try to grab somebody's mitzvah when it's your They talk about, by plenty of money, that Bayez sort of framed it in a way where plenty of money would back off so he can grab it. So it almost sounds like, a, you know, where's the meat? This the answer. Well, Bayez the a And he did it because you're allowed to, to be your own nefesh and grab it. So I, I, I tell the, the kids. If you can afford it, what, are you going to start arguing with him? He can't, he can't. Well, forget this, Ramah. You have to mitzvah grab it. Why would you want them to come in and move in on your mitzvah? It's like, he doesn't want to do it. It's so a grab it, which is a general approach to keep it of aim. Parents aren't alive forever. they should live to May of Esrim. It's a... The Pusik says a built-in insurance policy. Every time you bechab your parents, you're gaining more minutes, days, hours to your life, uh, weeks, months, whatever the cheshman is. Why would you not want to? Here, they need money. Well, why is there a discussion over here? There should be an argument who's paying for it, not the other way around. And unfortunately, um, when it comes to money, it doesn't always work like that. Um, a common uh, question of bechaber pasuk that uh, well, actually from this week's parsha. Not coincidental. Yaakovinu was told to get a wife. He disappeared for 14 years, and he was not debited for that. He was, there was a tain on him and his madrega for taking so long the rest of the trip. Why he offered seven years, in the first place to love him, but whatever, it took a long time to get him, but the 14 years wasn't part of the husband. So Pitzch Chuva points out over here that that's only when the son wants to go out of town to learn, and this is a big sikh sikh offer between parents and children. Parents have negiyas, especially mothers, because they're wonderful Jewish mothers. They don't want their, all of a sudden, their their boch is 13 years old, they want to leave. Like, what's going on? That's all painful for both parents, even more painful for the mother. You have to make the decision based on what's best for the child. Sometimes the worst thing for the child is to go away to a dorm in ninth grade. Sometimes it's the best thing, depending on what's going on at home. The chidosh over here, the pizche tshuva says, is that when a child wants to leave and he's getting good objective direction from his rabbi, his rosh shiva, the previous Rebbe, he's not fooling himself. He can really learn better out of town, either Masifta, Beis whatever the case may be. And he wants to go. The parents can't say, we want you to stay here. If you stay here, we need help, and you can help us. He's Potter. He's allowed to go out of town and take himself out of the Matzav where he's on hand every day. That's the Chiddush. Peska says, therefore, if he's home, he's learning local. And he's in Flappish, He goes to Chaimbolein. He walks two blocks down. Comes back home every night. And he gets home, and um, he's in the middle of learning. The father, when he comes home at 11 o'clock at night, he opens up his gemara as he walks in. And the mother says, excuse me, Chayim, can you uh, take out the garbage? Sorry, mom, I'm learning. And sometimes he hears his mother coming up the stairs, and he quickly opens up the gemara to make sure that he's learning when his mother asks as he knows what's coming. So the Pisgah Shuva says that that's not a patur because tamatera, even though it's to k'ulam, it's the most important mitzvah, it's never a p'tur when it's a mitzvah And now you're home. Of course, you have to close the Gemara, take out the garbage, and go back and open the Gemara again. A question I'm often asked by the Bacharim themselves is They one Bacham told me this recently as a kid, he said, uh, we had a real explosion in the house. I said, what happened? He said, uh, it was between me and my sister, not me and my parents. My mother asked me to do an errand, take out the garbage, whatever it was. And I said, Ma, I'm learning. uh, Can you ask Racheli to do it? She's not doing anything of importance. (laughs) So, uh, Racheli disagreed, by the way, uh, strongly. That was, hence the explosion. Um, Now, on paper, technically, it would be Racheli's chus to let her brother, her dear brother, used to be her dear brother, uh, continue learning for the next 10 minutes rather than take out the garbage, and she can get the chus of his 10 minutes of learning. But you can't say she's obligated to do that. And if the parent asks you, it's not your job to point out that I'm Mukhliva and I'm learning, it's not a Gufa because she's not doing anything but schmoozing on the phone and therefore let her do it. That's where you gotta make sure you're in yeshiva, you come home. Parents should have the foresight not to ask a son who's learning to stop learning in the middle. Bar Hashem is learning, why would you want to interrupt him? But if they do, and you really need them, and they're home, the din is the Talmud is is not uh, the it ravim. It's only the het to go out of town and take yourself out of the matzah. So again, the parents should be careful where they're asking. Uh, it's a big bracha to have a child who's a masmid, and uh, if you can free him from everything, wonderful. But if there are sisters and other brothers who are not learning in the mix, that's not going to go over very well. So you have to politically figure out uh, how you're going to do it. A very common... Um, a point of contention, the Machavas and the Fairish a parent can't ask a child to do something wrong. Can't ask them to do an can't ask them to do an and depending on the minute, can't ask them to change a minute. Now, here again, as parents, we would like to think the parents are the more mature of the two who are bringing the shayla. Sometimes yes, sometimes not. I've seen some very strange things. A uh, Dubma, the shayla came up many times. A uh, child goes to Yeshiva, a goes to Yeshiva, and he wants to, he came home one day, he wants to wear a garpal. Father was livid. Father's a very firm guy. He's a venter, livid. He, I don't know what you're talking about. We never did this in Germany. It's not part of a messenger. And he went on and on. And he came to me. And he says, Can you talk to my son? Uh, he's uh, gone off the deep end. So I didn't know what it was. I said, What's it about? He said, A gaitel. I said, That's not exactly going off the deep end. That happens to be my We shine him exactly, whether that's making a dinner or not. Uh, Litvox don't wear, and, and the yakis don't wear. Spider don't wear, but it's not a very big humrah. And uh, well, the father said, well, he wants to know what the din is. That he feels very insulted, which is childish. Uh, Baruch Hashem, you should count your blessings. The child's doing something you didn't do, you have know, to get all uptight. But this is the way it goes sometimes. So if I can't talk to first, I tell the father, this is wonderful. I, if this is your biggest problem in life, your father wants to, your son wants to put on a guide tool sometimes, he wants to go pay. It. So take it and run. I, if you want to know what else is going on in the rest of the world, I can share with you some horror stories. So this is your big complaint. Sometimes that works. Often it works. Sometimes he just is angry. So then the din is, I have to turn to the bochor and say, I'm not saying there's no makar pi and I understand why you want to do it, but uh, leave it alone. Uh, Gartel is an example. I would say this with Chalavi also. This happens in many, uh, the, the child is, nobody's oh, but he's right. He thinks Chalavi Yisrael, why are we having it? And it wasn't the family, it's causing fireworks. So the child has to know what's going to fly and he has to know what the din is, and he also has to know which chumras the parents have a right to, uh, to set the mandate and say we don't do this here and when you get married you can do whatever you want. I just implore the parents get very nervous about these things. I had just yesterday a very fine from lady who called me with 20 shivers a week and she started discussing seminary with me. Her daughter is now in the 12th grade and um, she wanted to know can she use... Meister for seminary, which is a big shayla. Not for now. Depends how much the child needs a seminary or not. But her child is pretty firm already. And um, she started asking me about the Meister and about uh, she's go to Rome And then I asked her, by the way, what do you think of sending her? So she said, well, I'm um, thinking of this, this, and this, but I'm not sending her to that one, that one, and that one. All six were very fine seminaries. I said, what's your issue with the other one? She said, look, I don't want her coming home firmer than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I said uh, why not you just don't want too much nachas it's like too much El-Mazair. Like, what's the, what's the issue here exactly um, so um, she said no no it's not that I, I appreciate the nachas but you know it gets uncomfortable we have certain family vacations back to the same Chad there are certain places we go and certain things we do and I don't want a bunch of arguments so uh, I told her my bracha to you uh, she should come home very very firm and she should tell you that all the things you're doing are shyless, and you should ask more shyless of your robe. That was how we ended the conversation. Uh, this is not, so again, this is an example where, where if you're doing something wrong, then your child says, you can't force your child to come along and, and, and do these things, and you should be doing it either. So it's not a time, well, where's the Kibbutz? I send them off to yeshiva and seminary. The answer is, again, you've got to figure out what a din is, what a khumra is, what a minig is, and which man they can pick up, and then ask Ashaila, but uh, I was a bit dismayed in a few of the cases I had. I understand why the teenager is being obstinate because he's a teenager or she's a teenager. I, I didn't really fully understand why the parents had this chip in the shoulders and they're so worried about nook- not looking so firm in front of their kids. Uh, they should just know, Loyalena, what the other issues are going on there. They would count their blessings. So it's Kadaya to keep that in mind. There's probably another session going on, I didn't read the pamphlet, something about a sandwich generation, so I'll be short on this, and you can watch the video of the other sandwich generation uh, session, but um, there are, um, this is already a machlekes, and there's no right or wrong, but again, with the the nature of people, people, humans, humans, and I understand it, the shver comes to the house. And I especially talk to the people. It's a crowd here ranging, looks, between 30 and 60 or 70. The mechaber says, You have to mechaber your father-in-law. The Taz, almost humorously, quotes his father-in-law, the Bach, and says, My shre told me also your (laughs) shvigar. Very interesting. Okay, I didn't think there was a chile, but he points that out. But then the, uh, the shach quotes that it's not really true. It's not the same level of kibbutz. It's a kibbutz like shah and which means that you may have an older person experience, maybe a little more. There are other that's of disagreeing that holds on a higher level. But it's not the same level of kibbutz aim. That's not a license to disrespect them. Often, it's harder work, and you just got to do what you have to do. Uh, a case in point which, again, one um, son-in-law was uh, This is a grown man with children, he said, um, I have an ongoing sisterhood, with my wife. When her father comes, she expected him to sit at the head of the table. And I said, I uh, waited 25 years to have my own table my own home, and there's nobody sitting at the head of this table while I'm alive. Not exactly a nice way to say it, but that's what he said. So uh, there are many good elements to rely on to say, you don't have to give up your seat. If anybody here has had the Shailah, I assume you all dealt with the Shayla before, so you're probably doing what you're doing already. So either this is going to be a kasher or a raya. To your, there's no right and wrong. You can do There's no halacha. You don't have to give it up. You sit on the side. If you're parving the issue, or you're starting off, or they never came, and you're waiting till after the session to first invite them for the first time in 20 years, and this is the first time it's coming up, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing for your children to see how you're your parents and for the few times the grandparents are there, how are you going to show that? You show that, well, a good start is don't scream at them. Okay, let's assume we're past that. So how are you going to show that? What are they going to have, what's a child going to remember from the Seder, from the Shabbos table? What are they going to remember? So I think the most powerful image is you see a grandfather sitting at the head, the Rosh Hashem sitting there, and um, I think that makes a tremendous Roshim on the on the children, You've got to be very careful with this. Do not go home next time you go to your children and say, well, I just heard a shear from my viner, and he didn't say it's a chiv, but he sort of suggested that I tell you that I move to the front. If you're not doing that already, it's very hard to change now. Um, it's like the, uh, I've had this a couple times also, it's during the engagement, you've got to like, throw somebody in the pool. As soon as they're engaged, like right afterwards, you've got to insist that they call you mommy, daddy, ta, whatever they call you, because after you're married 20 years, I've had people like this. They said they're struggling with this. I said, you're married 20 years. What have you been doing? What do you call your Said, He said, I just, if she's there, I start talking. And if she's not there, I try to avoid it, which is bizarre. So yeah, it's easy to figure these things out ahead of time. Again, it's part of it a that they be called an endearing expression because they want to be treated like parents. And some people have difficulty with this. I remember, uh, I promised the reference I'm not going to embarrass her, so uh, I'm not going to talk about my shvigar. I was engaged for a minute and a half. And I said uh, I, I made the, and I slipped and I said I was like, maybe two minutes. It was the, the day of the work. and I said something to like Mrs. Landisman, and she looked at me, and she, she like she put it on, but she said, "It's mommy." And if you ever forget that, we're going to have issues. And I was so happy she did that. No, she did me such a taiva because it's very uncomfortable. I don't know this lady. but call her mommy. you push them in, and it's cavaldi. But that's part of Keep it Aim. If they want that, and if you don't figure these things out early it, it gets messy so same thing with the sitting at the table whatever you're doing you're doing don't insist when they get married this is the way you want it if they offer wonderful but if they offer the dinner the gobby goes over to somebody to daven. and you have to turn it down the first two times to show what a humble person you are if they offer it you can maybe turn it down once to make sure they're sincere and if they ask again I think it's a good example for the grandchildren yes it's not a 401k show is it okay yeah.
1: I mean, this is actually a Master shahaya. Um, my father, Allah uh, hamdulillah, really came to us because we, since we were married, we always lived on five flights up. Right. But um, one year on a Sunday rabbi, he hurt his ankle, and he just said he's not going to go out on Shabbos anyway. So for about ten consecutive weeks, he came to us. He insisted that I sit in my regular. School. And that's fine.
0: That's fine. There's not I'm saying there's no right or wrong over here. For the no, you can fight the grandchildren. I offered it to Zaidi and, yeah. and he didn't take it. I'm just saying, if anybody's straddling the fence, the in the issue, I'm just pointing out the milus of doing it. It's The milus on what the grandchildren see, and the milus on the fact that they see your machabitim. The maizid is a keyboard. making kiddush. He's making hamletzi. Here's, here's a running dish. Like, that is a keyboard. So I, there's no downside of doing that. The downside is you're covered. But that's, you know. That's not such a downside. Mm-hmm. There are more paskins that parents can't interfere with the choice of a shidduch. I hope, in our communities, this doesn't really come up. I, this might sound strange, but I actually... Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, they cannot. They cannot interfere. I instruct parents, most parents do this intuitively, uh, not to fill in the children with too much information on the whole process of who they're trying to select, the first girl he's going out with, the first boy he's going out with, because they often don't know the information you're getting, and they can't process it any better than you can and probably a lot worse because they're just nervous. Um, I think it doesn't mean you should sideline them completely. If you're down to uh, two final contestants, you could say, look, this is what this resume, what do you think? Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. But often, if you involve them too much, it becomes counterproductive. Because of that, and I think most people, I think that is the mahalach, when, when you're on the phone and they're reading a bunch of boys to your daughter and vice versa, there's a whole process going on for months. The kids aren't really involved. Once in a while, they'll walk to the kitchen, they'll hear something, they say, what is that I heard? Is it just another name? Don't worry about it. I'll let you know at least three hours before you're ready to go out and everything will be fine. So once that process is started like that, so then usually they're going out and they're looking, and in a good scenario, they're looking for direction as they're going out, and uh, sometimes the decision is easy, and sometimes uh, they need more direction. So this rarely comes up. A couple of occasions that unfortunately did come up where um, they, uh, they started going out, and then the parents heard more information they didn't like, and they were already going out, and the son wanted to marry her. And it became very contentious, and he kept going out above their objections. It was not a good scenario, and it's not too common, Baruch Hashem. And they went out, went out, and he decided he wants to marry her. The parents were uh, furious. And um, the son came to me and he said, uh, you know, does the Allah have anything to say? I said, yeah, it's a fair shura mall based on Rashina. Um, there are a number of reasons for this. One is some Rishonim hold that parents can't dictate anything about your life. They can only ask for servicing. Keep it as servicing and Yira is not contradicting them. This is neither of them. You're contradicting them, but it's about your decision. And you have to after the with your spouse and you go live with her for the rest of your life. It's your decision. Others say that it goes under a different category that they can't tell you not to do a mitzvah and you have a girl you want to marry that's a mitzvah, a mitzvah and they can't stop you because who knows the next girl might be in a year from now or five years from now they can't stop you it's enough if you have you have a mother who uh, wants their son to take vitamins and he's away in yeshiva, one hundred years away and she calls up to, to take your vitamins it's a, this is an important child, I had this <laughs> and uh, she was afraid I wasn't eating, I can't figure out why and um, so I, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't so I try to listen. You don't want to aggravate a parent, but you have to. The parents ask you to take vitamins. That's, that's for my life. Do they have any jurisdiction over that? So some say they don't. Some say it's under Yira, but then you have to start arguing with them or lying, which is worse. And others say, no, it's part of general keep of aim. So over here, there are either one or two answers why the child doesn't have to listen, either because it's his mitzvah and they're stopping him or because it's bachlava under of under Aim. So... I told the child, I said, I don't like the way this is going, and neither do you, but if your heart's really set on it, and I heard what he said, and I heard, and I sat with the parents, and uh, how do I put this delicately? Parents told me 16 different reasons why they didn't like the shidduch. There was one reason out of the 16 they didn't mention, which was reason number 17, and it's the fact that they didn't have enough money. They didn't mention that, but I knew that was the case. The other 16 reasons didn't add up. It wasn't the fiqh and I told them, I said, you know, in Kibbutz, this is not of the Kibbutz. They said, yeah, but it's not a the Kibbutz, it's a, a bizoyan. It came from the of a family. I knew the son, I knew the girl, I knew her family. This is not a bizoyan, it was actually an nice Aishiduch. And they decided it was a bizoyan. Unfortunately, so I, I, I tried a last attempt until it really got locked in to tell the son, I said, you know, the loch is on your side, but you want to live with this for the rest of your life with this. He said, yeah, I can't, uh, I'm not stopping now. Nebuch, the parents, Never saw a chasna, never saw a bris, never saw a pigeon in a band, nothing. This is, this is years later, nothing. So this Rama says what he says, but it's not the Rama's fault. It's the parents' fault over here in this case, because sometimes the kids are wrong. Often the kids are wrong. I would say more often than this, the kids aren't using their judgment, than are not experience. Here the parents are wrong. And they have big timers, Ariamaza, and um, the kid had what to rely on, and unfortunately, he was right. The problem is that the parents still haven't come around, and that's not very mature. But let's hold the question, because I don't want to, I don't want to get jealous that you've got three of them already. <laughs> um, okay, we'll have... Um, so hopefully, that will not uh, be coming up. I want to mention one other thing, and this is also very delicate, and then we'll take some shilas if anybody's awake. Uh, the. Um, Tachiyah is very misunderstood. Tachocha in a marriage is not, you know, they tell the girls you're not his Mashkiach, and you tell, they tell the boys you're not her Mashkiach, even though we spoke that they're supposed to be pushing each other to grow, allowing each other to grow. There's a common misconception I hear. This is, uh, there are two misconceptions built in over here. Thank you. Oh, okay, hopefully I won't need it. Thank you very much. There are two misconceptions here. You ask people about Ocheyah so the first thing I hear whenever I point out to somebody, a rov in the front of the shul can't get to everybody at once. and when it comes to keeping the Quran at shul, it's always encouraging the misbalan to take care of your friends. Like if he's, if he's talking, like tell him not to talk. If you see him doing a very you see him talking and hara. It comes up all the time. And I said, it's your chiv, just as much as my chiv. I don't get paid for this. And he's that I did. But <laughs> I said, that's not a uh, Rome is supposed to set an example, supposed to pass on the Masha's supposed to be but you can't police the whole world. So the first popular answer, which is wrong, is that he might not listen, or she might not listen, the number one answer, which is wrong. There's a klal of mutushushak value which means you don't want to take somebody and make them into more of a mezid. So he's Vada, i not gonna listen for sure then don't say anything because the more you say they're just going to know more and you make them into amazing it's very amazing the Mishabura, who never repeats anything and Hochaz Yom Kippur talked about there were some women who used to eat straight into very close to Yom Kippur and they didn't have Tasefaz Yom Kippur they didn't know the din so the Machav says don't tell them anything don't make a Machav because Mutub Shishog and volume is and then my the Moez, anytime you're giving musr, we also apply Mutav Shishog and value Yamezid. There should be a Shogic. Don't make them into more of a Mezid. Not if it's a Pferish or a pasuk, or if you don't think they even know a or a pasuk. so don't say anything. The Mishabur, in a period of a space of six lines, says the following thing three times. I never saw a Mishabur like this. It repeats the same thing three times. It goes in this Machaber that you shouldn't be mecha, you shouldn't give musr to somebody who is not going to listen anyway. Mishabur says, Davka biyodea bavadai shalei only if you know for sure vada'i needs either 100%, 99%, 95%, it's not 50-50 or 60-40 or 70-30. If they might listen, even if they probably won't listen in front of you because they don't want to admit it, but if it sits in their head and they might listen, you have to make a maha, even if it's a din repeats two lines later, it's only and then a line later on he says, again, So apparently Mishaburu is struggling with the same issue this misconception is floating around, that everybody's part of and it's the Rebbe's job, job, and uh, I- I'm not here to give Musa. It's misconception number one. Misconception number two is, well, even if that's not true, but I can't give Musa because I'm not perfect myself. So I tell him, I said, what did you envision the passing of is talking about? Who has the chiv, only a malach, only one of the Lamed and who has the chiv? Who is it talking to? Nobody's perfect. So I said, I will admit to you, if you're the biggest talker in shul, you shouldn't be going over shushing people, because that's not going to resonate. But if you're an average guy, you go over to somebody, first disarm them, and tell them the truth, and say, you know, I struggle with this also. I'm not perfect, and I battled this many years. I'm still battling it, maybe let's work on this together. There's a way to give musr. So you have to do it with Ava, and you have to do it with care, and you have to not insult him. And There, 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 there are a million ways to do it where it comes across as you really care. But you're not potter. This is true with spouses. You have to find the best person to give the musrs. So if she's not the best person to give the musr to her, so call his rebbe and explain the problem and have him take care of it. But it's got to be taken care of. You can't ignore it. This is true, certainly, with parents to children. It's called chinuch, children to parents got to be very careful how you say it, and you shouldn't be the one saying it. Just get the message to somebody else. I've had all these many times. A child called me, and they said they're doing blatantly CERN in the home. Uh, a Bacher called me. This only happens like 20,000 times a year. Bacher called me. She says, uh, how do I explain to my mother she shouldn't be ordering these magazines, and they should be putting more passwords on the computers, and they shouldn't have unrestricted internet? Like, basic, basic stuff. So, I, I'm, I'm not blaming the mother more than the father that she's not as big Bigot as is, just the women in general are not fully understanding what we're dealing with in terms of the AIDS To her, to their credit, by the way. But that, that's why it's often the modern, often the women's magazines that are there, which they just look at as fashion magazines, and they didn't realize that nobody really, everybody in the magazine, accident that morning when they were doing the photo op, forgot to get dressed or something like that, uh, just that it was an accident. And they, they don't realize that they're looking at the... So, the Bachman said, like, should I, should I confront them? Should I tell them to my mother? I said, no, you're handling it correctly. Find out where they dive in and find out who their rov is and and have them take care of it. So uh, I got a recent call, and after I said that, there was a long pause on the line. I said, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? He said, yeah. He said, you're the Rav. There's <laughs> an anonymous call. I don't know who's calling. Uh, so I said, okay, well, give me your name now, and I will... Uh, have it taken care of, which I did. The parents are good people. They just don't understand. It wasn't like, prefer his priests dig, but it wasn't something. You have bochum around the house. You have a responsibility. And that's basic. But he handled it correctly. He knew, like, keep it away. I'm going to start telling all my parents, giving them musr. So there's a way to do this. And you have to find the right person to give the musr. But the imagined exemption of, they're not going to listen anyway, is not true most of the time. Some people don't like hearing musa Nobody likes hearing musr. And they might object on the spot and say, leave me alone, but it'll sit in their head. And maybe you'll make a ration later. And the second part, I assume you might make some celebration. The second part that, who am I, and I'm not worthy of this, is simply not true, everybody in So it's on spouses, on parents, on children, on Askanim. And um, I think if it's done in a positive way, and you really show you care, we can make a tremendous ration, And every shul that has one rov, or every yeshiva, or every class that has one Rebbe, it can't be all over the place. And if everybody were doing their job in the the right way, I think it would be fireworks at the beginning. And then if people get the hang of it, I think it uh, can make Klai's a better place. OK, that's enough for now, But it's a quarter to 12. Are there any quick uh, shilas or not so quick? Yes? Getting back to a uh, boy taking out the garbage, um, a parent who isn't paying full tuition, and the sons in there, all, and they wanted to come. The ticket is a lot more money than it will be anywhere from three days to a week earlier. Can they be Tevea, the son? come home, and they not paying for tuition. Okay, let me answer. It's a very uh, difficult question because you have to answer one question before then. When is the Chiv's, the Father's Chiyiv in Talmud Torah fulfilled? So you look at the Gemara, he, has to, he only has to teach him all of Shas, paiskim, Yoshambi, medrash, shulchanarach, <laughs> and then he's potter, so that means no one's ever Potter. So, the good news is, many pez can say if you get him to a point in his learning where he has the kalim to finish everything himself, which a depending on the buffer is third year best fourth year best magic, fifth year best magic, sometimes earlier, so then technically you're potter. So, right now, the father, if he's calling from Aizizd Stroll, he's second year in brisk already, he's probably past that point already, the father doesn't have any chiv in the first place. So, Hayyasi doesn't have then he could say, look, I'm paying for it because I want the nachas and I want you to learn, but I can't afford, if you don't come back three days earlier, do me a favor, when you come back three days earlier, we promise we won't ask you to take out the garbage. Come straight from the airport, have a coffee, go to the best Medrash. And yes, he doesn't have a khiv to pay in the first place, he could certainly ask for that. If he had a khiv, then that would be a different story. But I believe at that point he doesn't. Okay, I guess the rest of the questions, yeah?
1: Back to Minhalim uh, for
0: a minute. Um, eating is super convenient service <laughs> I was afraid somebody would ask that. <laughs> okay, you're talking to a car-carrying Litvak, so, so this is going to be a little dangerous, but everybody, everybody knows a sugya knows one of the most difficult chasidish minhagim to be miyashiv is not eating a sukkah shemini Uh I say difficult, not impossible. The Rishayim already mentioned the midig, and they say it was only when it wasn't cold, and in Poland it was cold. Whatever the case is, if the child comes home, I've had this many times, like every sukos. I deal with this, and usually the children are bringing it up at the parents, and the children just learned the sukkah, and they say, you know, this is really schwer, and they really have to eat the sukkah, so I usually, if the parent comes to complain, I pull the buckler aside, I said, you're 100% right, it's an old shayla, but there is what to rely on, and if it's really going to be World War III, just follow your parents. If they'll allow you to wash outside, and then have a mind to go in, have, uh, have some uh, shackle or whatever. They allow you to play which most of the time they will if you do it nicely, without stepping on their toes, and they're covered. So then do that. But if it's going to be World War Three, a lot of heimashiyadans who were mekel, and are mekel, and there's what to rely on, even though I'm a card-carrying lutzwak. So uh, <laughs> there, is, there is what to be, but it's really not partial. And I've had many stories, by the way, with the children mentioned something to me, asked, can you, can you bring it up with my father? I said, I'll bring it up, but I've given shir on this five times in the shul already. And each time I give shir, I, t- I say, you can keep your minig. I'm not trying to change something as but you should know, it's, it's, it's a sugya. Often, I tell the father, and the father said, you know what, this is my nachas. I send the yeshiva. I'm interested if you tell me that uh, there's a hiddur and it's not snowing out, um, we'll go out. And I've had some very happy endings with that also. But halach I tell him not to start off if it's going to be a major mochama. Okay, one more, and then we'll... Just um... an
1: hour. I saw in the safe that Mosem mm-hmm. Vach, they asked asking the show about the Baruchah who wants to do a shidduch against his parents' will. So he could. There are you to do it, but there's no Baruchah uh, in the shidduch to do against the
0: parents. There's no bracha in this scenario. I told you the no Baruchah because they're still fighting out of Yamazet. But I couldn't convince him. I warned them of that. I said, this is going to be a Machalik for the next 20 years. Your parents are not back... They're very into their cover. They're not backing down. That's the problem in the first place. They went to their cover. and.
1: Right. Yes. You should try to convince them to do the show. Otherwise, it's best not to do it. There's no problem.
0: Yeah, but I couldn't okay. talk the Bachar out of it. And Lemaise, he said, Lach Lemaise. Can I do it? I couldn't couldn't stop him. Okay, thank you for listening. We'll take the private child. As, uh